0: Well, hello there, top teachers. We are your host, Bridget Spackman. And Michelle Ferre. And we are here to make your life easier by helping you master your time, organization, and productivity as a teacher.
1: Now, guys, we are trying something incredibly different right now. Um, Unfortunately, I don't have the pleasure of having Michelle Ferre in person live with me as we're doing this recording. And instead, I'm having to enjoy her lovely face over Skype which is
0: just not quite as good as it typically is. I usually drive up to Bridget's house because she only lives about an hour and a half from me, and we will record a batch of podcasts all at once. But obviously, due to COVID-19, that is not a possibility right now. So we are trying something new. We are recording via Skype, Give us some feedback. We would love to know what you're thinking. Send us an email or send us you know, a DM on our Instagrams. Bridget's is the letter classroom. Mine is pocket full of primary. And just let us know what you think, if this is going to work long term or if we've got to figure something else out.
1: Yeah, that is totally true. So guys, we're working from home, right? We have really been kind of thrown into this whole new world for us as teachers. With COVID-19, we've had to make those adjustments and be able to work from home as teachers. And it is really, really hard to have that separation when you're working from home between your work and your life. So we're gonna be discussing some tips that Michelle and I have found really, really valuable over these last couple of months that have really helped for us to establish a better work-life balance.
0: But before we jump into it full force, I'm going to share a TSH, a time-sucking hurdle from Allie. Allie says her time-sucking hurdle is when you receive a notification and you just have to check it. Or when you're doing something you love, like grading papers, LOL, JK, <laughs> and you just can't stop even when there is something else you have to do. I totally feel you on this, alley. I know personally, I have had to turn off notifications on my phone and even on my computer because they get so distracting. And I've also kind of I don't know, jumped into those rabbit holes where I get stuck doing one thing. I've been binge watching like YouTube videos and old TV shows I used to watch as a kid, and I'm definitely like drowning in that lately.
1: Yeah, girl, I am the exact same way right now. I feel like I've gone back to some of the old like YouTube videos that I used to really really love watching a long time ago and now I've just been binging them. It's it's awful. So, we decided that we wanted to share some really crazy stories from from Michelle and I about working from home. So, I'm going to share my experience first and then I'm going to let Michelle have it and she's going to share hers. So, um I have this story. Now, I am very, very fortunate in where I am because I have my husband who works from home. So he has been such a huge lifesaver for me when it comes to managing my boys who have to be on Zoom calls. So Blaine is in kindergarten. Ian is in seventh grade. Ian has to attend his Zoom calls by his periods. So he is constantly getting on and off of Zoom, has multiple assignments that he's working on. Blaine, however, only gets on at one time. And it seems like starts the school day at the exact same time, right? So I have my emails that are starting to come through at about 10 o'clock. Blaine has a morning meeting with his teacher at 10. And then Ian has his teachers starting at 10 o'clock. Well, of course, there was a day that Trent had to go out and have a meeting. So went out with his family and they had this meeting. And of course he went during that awful time of the 10 o'clock. Y'all, it was the biggest hot mess that you could ever see happen in my life. I had Blaine on one side who was not focusing for the love of him through a Zoom call. i why would we ever think that he would be able to do that? But I had him in the living room on his, on the laptop with the Zoom call. I had Ian, who has now started a home ec class, in the kitchen, almost burning down things. And he's coming to me like I'm in the dining room. And he's like, Mom, Mom, I don't know what to do. <laughs> because it was like multiple things that he was trying to take care of at that time. It was absolute insanity. I am so thankful for my husband. <laughs>
0: I would just like to say I got the best mental image from that. Like I could literally see it (laughs) in my brain, even though I wasn't there because I know Bridget's kids and I just got the best like image of them in my head from that. Now, obviously I myself do not have kids. I do have cats that are annoying the heck out of me because they have decided to have sprint races throughout the day where they just sprint from the upstairs to the downstairs as fast as they can. And it is so frustrating and it never fails. It's always during one of my Google meets. So either my co workers or my students are like, what's that? I'm like, don't worry about it. But if you want a cat, you can have mine. So my biggest struggle with this whole working from home thing has been cutting myself off, meaning stepping away from work and allowing myself to have that personal time. You all know I become very like obsessive with things and I'm very hyper focused. So I have been having days where I've been working too long and I haven't cut myself off. Now, this was mostly at the very beginning of this whole experience because all of a sudden it's like, oh, I'm home all day, which means I could literally sit here and work. And my fiance, Billy, is an essential worker, so he's been going out to work, but he doesn't get home until about 530, sometimes six o'clock, so i it would be six o'clock, he would come home and I would still be working. And as a result, I had less personal time. So I wasn't going out and getting exercise. I wasn't doing some of the things that I love. And as a result, I was very, very grumpy and I just wasn't a pleasant person to be around. But thankfully, I started implementing some of the tips that we're gonna share in today's episode and it has really helped me create that better work-life balance.
1: Yeah. So Michelle mentioned that we have tips for you. We have five tips that are really going to benefit you as you start to really navigate, continue to navigate, or, you know, what ends up happening in the fall, who knows at this point. So this might benefit you in the fall, and it really can help you in the summer as well. So as you're kind of wanting to get ahead and make sure that you're getting certain things done and you're not falling into the complete laziness of summer, which I can do for about two weeks, and then I'm ready to get right back at it and start doing things all over again. So we're gonna share five tips for you, and we're gonna go ahead and start diving in to that very first tip.
0: So tip number one is to stick to your work hours. So what that means is you are not working before your technical school hours. So I know personally, our school hours are from 8 to 4. I'm not working before 8 a.m. I'm also not working during my lunch hour or in this case two hours. (laughs) Typically I only have about 20 minutes for lunch but now they're actually giving us a two-hour lunch block and for me that's from 11 to 1. I'm not working during those hours and I'm also not working after school. Once four o'clock hits I close my computer and I'm done for the day. So Bridget can you tell us a little bit about why this is important?
1: Yeah, it definitely really defines that personal time for you, right? I think for us, when you kind of stick to that work hour, when we had the joy of being able to go to physically to work, we were able to say, okay, my brain is at work. I am at work. So now it's my time to work, 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 work. But as soon as we left our building, it's almost like you have that huge weight lifted off of you and you're like, okay, now it's relaxation time. But while we're here at home, we don't have that anymore. We don't have that separate between the two. And so by sticking to those hours, which Michelle kind of mentioned her hours and and my district has us going from, we do a nine to 12 and then a one to three. And then we have like a one hour lunch break there. But when I stick to those hours and say, that's when I'm going to be focused and that's when I'm going to get work done, it really does help you be able to kind of turn your brain off from it.
0: Yeah. And this is one of those (laughs) tips that we know it sounds easier said than done. Meaning we're telling you this and you're like, okay, great. But how do I actually do that? Because when you are home all day, it becomes very difficult to actually step away. You're always like, well, I'm just going to do this one other thing before I take my break, or I'm just going to do this one other thing before I end for the day. But then before you know it, You've been working an extra half an hour or an hour or two hours because you get sucked into it. So one of our recommendations is to actually set timers. I know I have done this in the classroom. I've set timers when I need to take my students to cultural arts or specials. I set alarms when I need to take them to lunch because sometimes in the classroom, I get so absorbed in what I'm doing, I forget. And the same thing is true for home. So you can actually set timers to remind yourself when to start working, when to stop for your lunch break when to start working again after your lunch break, and then when to stop for the day. Bridget, what else would you recommend?
1: So the next thing you can do is really prioritize your power list. And what we mean by this is to really look at what are the tasks that you need to be aco- to accomplish, whether it's checking for attendance, making sure that you're going through and grading things, making sure that assignments are up, or maybe you are live with your students on Zoom calls. But when you prioritize that power list, you can kind of designate certain times that you're going to end up completing them while you are there in your work hours. So I might end up saying that, okay, if I know that I have from nine to 12 o'clock I'm going to be able to get done my attendance, my grading, and then I can do something else when I end up coming back to my work hour. So just by instead of looking at it as like true timers, you're more so looking at it as the tasks that need to get completed. And once you have that task completed, then you can turn your brain off from work and then really
0: enjoy your personal life. And our final recommendation is to batch your responsibilities. You all will notice these are not new things. Like these are things Bridget and I have been telling you about for several podcast episodes now. We're huge fans of timers. We're huge fans of powerless, and we're huge fans of batching. Batching is when you complete multiple tasks that are all the same or at least all similar at one time. Which we as humans naturally batch things. And I may not seem like that, but think about it. When you do your laundry, you do a whole basket of laundry at once. You don't wash each shirt after you finish wearing it. You wait until you have several of them and you wash them all at once. So within teaching and especially teaching from home, there are so many tasks that we can batch. I know personally, I have been batching, recording like audiobook chapters for my students. There were a couple of chapter books we had started reading in school that we didn't get to finish. Thankfully, one of them I had at home. The other one I ordered off of Amazon. And I've been recording myself reading a chapter to a day. That way my students could still hear my voice. And it's much easier to sit down and spend an hour, but get two weeks worth of chapters all read and recorded but instead of trying to do you know one at a time every single day. Another one that I have been loving to batch is grading. So I know personally, my students are turning in all of their assignments and I either have to grade it or if it's a practice lesson, I have to offer feedback. So I will actually go on and I will sit and I'll spend an hour and I'll get all of the stuff graded over the past few days instead of trying to do it one by one by one as they're getting turned in. And then finally, checking off attendance. We have to keep track of our students' attendance and who is engaging on Google Classroom, who is turning in their assignments on time. And so I will actually batch that. And at the end of the day, I'll look back and see who I'll engage during that day instead of every single time I see a student on I pull up my attendance sheet and check it off. That ends up wasting time. Bridget, what kinds of things have you been batching?
1: You know, it's so funny because that you're mentioning the attendance because I feel like that we had um, the huge meeting right when this very, the, all of this kind of started in the very beginning. And one of the teachers was like, I'm just checking attendance all day long. And in my head, I'm, I'm thinking, girl, are you like checking it like every 30 minutes? Like, why would you want to do that to yourself? Like, that's just painful. <laughs> so I, I totally agree with you, Michelle. Batch has completely saved my life as we've been going through this entire process. Like I really enjoy like having a day at the very beginning of the week where I start to kind of plan out for my next week. So we really continue all of our lessons like we've been normally doing because our kids are so used to Schoology, which is our learner management system. And so I went through when I would start like take one day and create all of the shells for my assignments, meaning I would make the folders, I would make the assignments, I would make everything that I would need to see that my kids would be able to get access to in Schoology. The next day I would spend time creating the resources: is there a graphic organizer? Is there a game? Is there something that they're going to be using to complete that assignment? And then. Then the next day I would have some sort of a video day where all I would do is sit there and do my either my screencast or my person per to person videos because we were not able to do Zoom. Um, so I would really just batch it that way. And I felt like I was so much more prepared for the weekend because there again, very early on, it was like Sunday would come and I'm like, oh, dang it. I have to have like my entire week's lessons prepared for by Monday morning. And so that was really, really overwhelming to me. And I think that works really
0: well because Bridget has to get all of hers up at one time. Batching the week before helps her to be able to get that all done, which is great. Now, I can say I decided to make my May challenge. So for those of you that don't know, I have been doing something I'm calling the Teacher Monthly Challenge for the year of 2020. Every month, I challenge myself to do something new. And my May challenge was to work only contract hours, meaning I only worked during that 8 to 11 hours or, you know, time block. (laughs) And then from that 1 to 4 p.m. time block. And that's it. I didn't work before. I didn't work during lunch and I didn't work after. Going into this, I was worried that I wouldn't be getting stuff done. I was going to constantly feel behind. But honestly, I ended up adapting and I got all of the things that I had to get done, done in time. Like it was a really good feeling. And I've come to realize that your work fills your time. Meaning if you're given a week to complete a task, you're probably going to stretch that task out over the course of a week, and it's going to take you a week to do it. But if you were given only two days to complete that same task, you could find a way to get it done in those two days. That's the reality. It's all about prioritizing and making sure that you're managing your time well. So Bridget, let's move on to tip number two. So tip number two is to establish a workplace. Now, we know that everyone is
1: different. Teachers are different. We are all different. And we all have very different spaces to be able to work with from the get-go. And so what we really want you to do is to be able to find a place to be able to work that is functional and allows you to be productive. So for me, and I'm kind of thinking about my space, um, I have an office. And that is mainly because I do a lot of things other than teaching. I did a lot of stuff before this, obviously. And an office was really, really, necessary for me. I, for the love of me, cannot function with my two boys running around the house, my husband, any sort of little distraction it really kind of pulls me away from it. And I don't know about you guys, but I feel like if I'm sitting in my living room, I'm probably thinking, oh, that toy needs to get picked up. Oh, there's a dish in the sink. And I start thinking about all of the other
0: things that I need to be doing at that moment. So, I personally have my house to myself during the day, besides my cats, because Billy is going to work. So, I do have an office, but for me, that hasn't been my choice of workspace, mostly because I'm doing all of my work on my laptop. And in the office, we do have our like desktop computer, but I don't really use that. And there's not enough space on the desk for me to also have my laptop. It would just be a hot mess. So, I had originally set up at my dining room table. And that goes to show you, you don't have to you know, create an office or you don't have to create a new area. You can literally use what you already have. I set up right on my dining room table and I had a spot for my laptop to go. I had a coaster to put my drink every day. I had a little organizer to be able to put papers. And for me, that worked. But I will be honest with you all, that worked for a few weeks. And then I realized that I just didn't need that kind of structure. And that's just me. Everyone is different. You might need that structure of actually being in an office or sitting at a table. I realized that, you know what? I actually work pretty well on my couch. Okay. I'm being completely transparent with you all. <laughs> I ended up moving my workspace to my couch. And that's because for the past several years, when I'm editing videos or I'm creating TPT products, it's always been for my couch. So for me, when I sit down on my couch, my brain goes, you know what? I'm ready to work. I'm ready to be productive. So be willing to change your workspace if it's not working for you right away. So we have to think about why do we do this? Why do we go through
1: the process of really finding a space that works for us in general? And when you really think about it, it goes back to what we said in the very beginning. It really allows for you to signal to your brain and says, I'm working. So if this is the space that I'm going to create in my house, that allows me to stay productive to have, you know, complete the tasks that I need to complete. When you sit there, it automatically says to your brain, okay, we're ready to work. We're ready to Like, get things done. Let's get to it. And then when you end up leaving, it allows you to be able to relax. So it increases your
0: productivity because you have those less distractions. Now let's talk about how do you actually do this? How do you establish that workspace? First of all, you just have to choose a location. That might mean the corner of your bedroom, your dining room table, your office, or even your couch. Okay, I'm going to paint a picture for you all. Currently, as I'm recording these podcasts, I'm sitting on my couch. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. That's the reality of it. Now, I have a table down in my basement where I set up all my podcast equipment, but my Wi-Fi was not working well enough for my basement, so Billy had to carry the whole table up, and I actually have it right next to my couch. However, right now, I am realizing this is not the best location for me, Bridget. Do you know why? Let me guess. It's because your cat, or is it Billy? (laughs) Which one is it? It's the cats. Billy's upstairs. He's leaving me alone, but currently, my cats are jumping like on top of the table and then they're getting underneath of the table on top of like the couch cushion and they're filling up that space. So I'm sitting here going, yep, workspace might need to rethink this one. (laughs) Yeah.
1: Okay, I'm really glad that you brought up your cats because Trent came in and he like left Walter in the office. And now I'm like stressing out that Walter keeps jumping onto the little chair in the office and is like going to start barking at it, everything. It is a hot mess that we have going on right now. But listen,
0: you all understand, okay, the situation that we're in. like This is not ideal podcast recording, but we are doing it because we still have so much information we want to share with you all. And, you know, we're just doing the best we can. Yeah, absolutely. We definitely are. So once you
1: have your location that you've picked out in your house, and you might end up wanting to try a couple of things out. I mean, think about Michelle. She ended up trying out to doing it on her dining room table. That didn't end up working for her, so she moved it around. You can try different areas out in your home. You Once you pick a spot, it doesn't mean that you have to stay in that spot. You can absolutely kind of figure things out and you know move things around, try different places in your house, and see what really works best for you as far as keeping you productive and focused. So now it's to the point where you need to gather your materials. So you have your beautiful little spot. You need to have all of the things that in order to help you be productive. So whether this is a planner, a computer, charger, some sort of a recording device, if you're using like an iPad to be able to record anything for your students, lesson planning materials, whether these are materials that you know, your district provides to you or materials that you're picking out to be able to use with your students. And I personally really like getting into the habit of picking out a bin and just keeping all of those materials within that bin. It helps to kind of contain the mess so that you're not l- allowing it to float all over your home. Um, and it's right there. You can just kind of pick through it if you, for whatever it is that you need to find.
0: I'm laughing because as I'm looking or listening to you, Bridget, I'm realizing that those are literally all of the same things that I did in order to set up for this podcast recording. I have my computer, it's plugged in with with its charger. I have my iPad and I have my recording devices and I have a comfort item because that's really big to me. I like to be comfortable when I'm doing work. So I have comfortable clothes on, I'm wearing a sweatshirt and I have a blanket on my lap. I have a drink, I have a pillow behind me. Like That is exactly what I did to set up this workspace.
1: So guys, if you ever wanna be a podcaster,
0: there you go. Yes. You know the exact setup. So, the final step is to then reset your workspace each day. This means you're going to put away those things that you had to take out. When I was working on my dining room table, I couldn't just leave my stuff there because obviously we need that table for other things. So, I would actually take my computer, I would take my charger, I would take my little paper organizer, all of my lesson materials, and I would move them onto the floor kind of behind the table. That way, we could still use the table. And then I could easily just put it back the next day. You want to make sure you clear out any clutter or trash. I know throughout the day, maybe I sit down and have a snack and I might have a wrapper left over, or I might have a paper that I used to help show something to a student that I no longer need. I want to make sure I get rid of all of that. And then if needed, you can move it and reset it the next day, as I mentioned. But that might not even be necessary for you. If you have an office, you might be able to just leave everything where it is.
1: Yeah, but I have to say that I do end up really kind of cleaning everything off. So I only keep what I need to have on the outside of my desk. I don't let it get cluttered. So like I said, I do have like a little bin that I put all of my teaching materials inside of. Um, And now it's actually because I changed a couple of things around. I put it in a drawer. So all of those teaching materials are inside of a drawer. I can pull them out when I need them. But everything is cleared off. I like to kind of just like I did in school, really, when you think about it, I cleared off my desk and I had it ready to go for me in the morning so that when I came in, I felt relaxed. I felt calm and I felt like I could
0: start the day fresh and ready to go. I love it. So tip number three is to eat lunch away from your workspace. Now hear us out on this. This is a huge one. This is a big one. Bridget and I both talked about this and we realized, you know what? We used to eat in our classrooms. Like when we were actually in school physically, we would eat in our classroom. However, when you think about it, we were not at school All day, We started at home and went to school and then at the end of the day we came back home. Because we are now working at home, we're literally home all day long. And that means we need to create some separation and some boundaries. So you cannot sit down in front of your computer at your workspace and eat your lunch. You need to go eat your lunch somewhere else in your house or even outside. If it's nice weather, actually get outside. Bridget, why do you think this is so important?
1: Well, it really kind of helps to define those hours in my opinion, but it also allows you to again relax from that huge chunk of time so that you're not getting getting lost in the work itself. I feel like I would have that really bad habit of just wanting to constantly come back up here to work. Even if I was to have my dinner, I would say, well, I have dinner. I'm just going to go upstairs and I'm just going to work a little bit longer. Like that's a horrible habit to end up having. So it's really, really important that we do kind of have those defined and separate areas. So it prevents you from staying in one place for way too long. Okay. so let's just be honest. I feel like, well, I'm going to be honest with myself right now more than anything, I have not been doing as much movement as what I did when I worked away from home. I feel like I am constantly constantly sitting all day long to the point now, like I'm starting to get tennis elbow. Like there's all sorts of things, especially as you're getting older, your body starts falling apart. So it's important that we're moving our bodies and we're doing something, going to a new space in our home or wherever it is that you are. You also want to make sure that it it really does allow you to increase that productivity. Whenever you bring your lunch back wherever you're, where you are working, it kind of brings you down a little bit because all you feel like you do is just work all day long and that's not the feeling that you want to end up having you want to feel like you have that separation i mean that's the whole point of us doing this episode is to allow you to have that separation so by going away for your lunch it does kind of define that separation so that when you know you have to come back up to work for another you know two or three hours you are rejuvenated and you're like okay i can do this for the next two or three hours i can get some things done and i'm going to be really really focused at this point
0: bridget do you want to know a secret What's your secret? So there have been some days. Have you been eating? Have I been eating right now? Have you been? No. Have you been eating in your workspace? Oh, oh. I was like, have I been eating? I mean, I eat during lunch, but I'm not eating right now. No, no. I've not been eating during my lunch space. Okay. But. Oh, good girl. What I was going to say is I've actually been using some of that lunch hour time to take a small nap. Oh, I love that idea. (laughs) And it's, it's been nice, like you said, to just rejuvenate and relax and turn my brain off for a little bit. And then when I do go back to work time, like in the afternoon, I'm ready to go. I'm not dreading it. So let's talk a little bit about how you can do this. Because again, sounds easier said than done. First of all, go ahead and use those hours given to you by your school if that's an option for you. I know Bridget and I, we both have a lunch hour or hours that have been designated by our school. If you have that, go ahead and use those hours. You might not, okay, and that's understandable. If not, find a chunk of time that's going to work for you to be your lunchtime. Now, hopefully you have a timer set because we already mentioned that in tip number one. You should have a timer set. So as soon as it goes off, you're gonna get up from your workspace right away. You're gonna close your computer. You're gonna turn off your notifications, okay? That means you're not checking your email during lunch. You're not checking phone calls or text messages during your lunch. You're truly using that time to check out. And then you're gonna choose a place that makes you happy. That might be your couch. So you can do a little Netflix binging. That might be at a table with your family. That might even be outside. Here's the funny thing. When I started with my workspace at the table, my lunch space or yeah, lunch space. That can be a thing, right, Bridget? Your lunch space. It's a thing. It's a lunch space. My lunch space was actually on the couch. And then I told you that I changed my workspace to the couch. So Bridget, where do you think I eat my lunch now? Do you eat it at the dining room table? Yep. I literally flip-flopped them. (laughs) Nice. (laughs)
1: <laughs> you know, what's interesting, though, is that I've also really learned something from this entire process as well, is that I have to have what I am going to eat for lunch, either planned out, prepped or something because I have Trent and I have the kids I realized that I was actually trying to make like a legit lunch like I wasn't just at the beginning we started off with just turkey sandwiches but then we got burnt out on turkey sandwiches and so then it's like okay well maybe I can make a wrap or maybe I'll make something else like and now it's gotten to the point where it's so easy for me to lose track of my lunch time and then an hour and a half goes by versus an hour and it's like oh credit I need to be back upstairs and I need to be working and so that has one other really really important tip for you guys too especially if you have a family that you're feeding at the same time is go ahead and have those meals prepped in advance have them prepared so do it the night before just like you would you would when you were going to school every single day have your lunch meals prepared because by the time you go go downstairs, you start to make your food, you clean up your food after you've eaten, that's a really long time that you're taking.
0: I love that, Bridget, because that works not only for people who are maybe cooking or preparing food for their families, but also people who are only preparing food for themselves. I know there have been days where I'm standing in front of the fridge and I'm like, oh, what am I having? And then I go look at my pantry and I'm like, hmm nope, nothing there. And I go back to my fridge and I waste all this time just trying to decide what to eat. The very last suggestion I wanted to make is to also set a timer so you don't lose track of your time. And I'm saying this and I'm laughing while I'm saying this because I mentioned naps. Um, I am a hardcore napper, meaning when I nap, I nap for like hours. Okay, I don't nap for 15 minutes at a time. I nap for like hours. So I have to set an alarm to wake myself up or else I would wake up and it would literally be the end of the school day.
1: (laughs) You know that there's like a secret to naps, right? Like during the day nap so that you don't feel groggy.
0: Yes, I know you've told me this for
1: 20 minutes,
0: Uh, but that's 20 minutes. That's not a nap for me. It takes me 20 minutes just to fall asleep. You're,
1: that's the point. You're not really going to sleep. You're just kind of. Well, then that's not a nap. So that your body relax. <laughs> <laughs> Agree to disagree, Michelle. <laughs> that's fine. All right,
0: Bridget. What is tip number four?
1: <laughs> okay, guys. So tip number four is going to involve emails. <laughs> uh. Now, listen. I'm going to refrain from speaking my mind about emails right now because Michelle and I actually have another episode coming up very soon where we are going to talk about our experiences with distance learning. And so I'm going to talk a lot about emails in that episode. So I'm gonna refrain myself, Just you're gonna hold me back just a little bit, I'm not gonna get heated. So here's the thing, check your email in batches if you can, okay? And I will get into that in just a little bit. But what we mean by this is that you can absolutely get sucked into the vortex of what is emails and you would be constantly replying to emails to the point that you're going to end up dreaming about responding to people's emails in your sleep, which is what we do not want to happen. So if you have that possibility try checking your emails in batches. That means checking them when you first get up, checking them right before you go to lunch, and then maybe checking them right, before, right when you come back from lunch and right before you leave. So do them in batches so that you're not constantly getting distracted every single time that you hear the evil ding.
0: Yeah, and I'm gonna share something. I started reading this book. It's called The 30-Day Productivity Plan. We will link it for you down in the show notes. But in this book, it basically is meant to be read one day at a time. So it's broken up by days and it's giving you little tips or suggestions to help you become more productive. Well, Wouldn't you know it, day number one was literally to only check your emails once a day. So that's their first tip. That just shows you how incredibly important this is, that this book about productivity, their first tip is to only check your emails once a day. Well, why? It's because you're going to be more efficient if you're answering emails all at one time instead of constantly throughout the day. Your brain gets into a flow when you batch. Your brain gets used to the tasks that you're doing and it's going to work better instead of constantly getting distracted by those emails and preventing it from taking over your personal time. Because Bridget and I have both talked about this. We have both been guilty of getting emails at like 8 p.m. or 9 p.m. and trying to respond to them. And it's like, no, that's that's not okay. I mean, if it's something urgent or an emergency Sure, I I totally understand that. However, you really need to set boundaries for yourself so it doesn't take over too much of your time. So Bridget, how can we actually do this?
1: So you can do very simple things. You can set specific times that you're gonna check your email. So I mentioned that you can do it right when you first wake up or you're first starting your work hours for the day. You could do it right when you are about to leave or when you come back from lunch, but pick about two to three different times that you're gonna end up checking and responding to those emails and then set a timer for responding. So don't get sucked into that vortex. Set a timer and say, I'm only going to do it for 15 minutes and set it for 15 minutes. And that's how long you're going to end up spending to be able to respond to those emails and then set those time frames to be able to check. And here's why I'm saying this is that because of the fact that in my district, actually, I'm going to back up just a minute. Let me first start by saying that batching emails was something that I have always, always, always done in the past back when I did work at a physical school, I did batch my emails because I did not want to be um, responding to emails when I had students. So I had very specific times that I was going to email people. I have 24 hours per my contract that says, I have 24 hours to be able to respond to you. So I would set certain times of the day that I would respond to people. Now, right now, (laughs) I don't have that flexibility because my school has chosen not to do Zoom. They have chosen not to do any sort of video calls and every district is the same and I respect my district's decision full. Like I am full in respect for what they have decided. So what that means is that I have posted videos, I've posted materials for the week and I am to respond to emails as I get them. So I will literally have kids emailing me all day long. Some days are way worse than others. And some mornings it will be going off like every minute. And I will have so many emails from kids that it's just and, and kids don't know how to email guys. It's like, hey, one email. I need help with a question. That's the second email. It's number 35. That's the third email. Oh, I'm on this skill and this assignment. I'm like, thank goodness it took us, you know, like four emails to finally tell me what it was specifically that you were really struggling with. So, that is my experience. I'm not going to keep going with it because I told you guys I would not get into the the evil place. But set those times, set those frames and really kind of stick to them. Do not get yourself stuck into that whole world of having to
0: check emails
1: all day long. Yeah.
0: And if you wanted and if kind of like Bridge is describing, if you can't not check your email only once or twice a day because of, you know, impending responsibilities or emergencies that are arising. My suggestion to you would be to try to go ahead and read your emails throughout the day, like as they pop up, read them on your phone, read them on your computer, that's fine. But then try to only sit down and respond to the emails once or twice a day. And that already will make a huge difference in your productivity. So let's go ahead and move into our final tip. Tip number five is to develop a routine. So what we mean by this is to designate certain days or times for completing specific tasks that are repetitive. So those tasks that you have to do every single week or every single month or even every single day, decide on a day or a time where you're going to complete those tasks. And as we've already mentioned, it should be in batches. You know, it's funny because If I think about my routine
1: when I was going to school, I mean, that routine was locked. I mean, from the point when I got into my car, like I would just drive, like I was super efficient. I was like on top of it. I got things done incredibly quickly. So I kind of want you guys to think about this. This is like our our driving analogy here. But like when the first time that you go somewhere, so maybe you're going to visit a friend for the first time, okay? And you go to visit that friend for the first time. Michelle, I'm gonna use you because you've come to visit me, quite a few times now, right? Yes, I have. <laughs> so, the first time that she came to visit me, it probably took forever and a day, or at least that's what it felt like. And the more and more and more you did it, did it not get so much quicker?
0: Yeah, and actually, the first probably two or three times that I came up to visit you, I had to use GPS. Bridget's address is saved in my phone. It's very cute. It's under my favorite places. But <laughs> now, when I drive up there, which hasn't been in several months, I'm missing it quite a lot but now when i drive up there i don't have to use gps anymore
1: so it makes things really really easy and efficient for you like now you are able to get here so much quicker so that's what routines really do for you it helps you to be able to be more efficient you get things done in a lot quicker fashion and you don't end up forgetting things that you would normally forget so once you build that routine you do the same things over and over again it creates normalcy it creates kind of that pattern for for you to be able to complete all of the tasks that you do on a regular basis.
0: So in order to do this, you need to start by asking yourself what specific tasks are you doing every day or every week or every month? I'll give you a couple of examples. You might be checking attendance every day or every week. You are responding to emails, definitely every day. (laughs) You are grading assignments, and for you, that might be every day or it might be every week. And you're also posting lessons. Again, that might be every day or every week. Bridget gets all of hers ready at one time for a whole week. My school or district is doing more of a day to day of posting lessons. Now, once you have all of these specific tasks you need to create a checklist of the task because again you don't want to forget things and while you're building that routine it's helpful to have that checklist to look back on I recommend using either Google Keep which is just on Google you can access it in your Google Drive or you can go directly to Google Keep we will link it for you down in the show notes Or using the Notes app. The Notes app is actually on your phone. And if you use iCloud, it will sync to your computer if you have a Mac. And then you can open it up on there and you can actually add little check off boxes. And it makes it super, super simple.
1: Yeah. And the other thing that you really want to start considering is that you might need to establish a new morning routine and a new sign off routine. And so, as we were kind of getting ready every single morning, and I know that I love those videos out there that are like morning routines and kind of seeing what people do every single morning, but you have a new normal now. It's kind of crazy, kind of weird, and a little frustrating all at the same time, but you have to create that morning routine. So you might wanna reconsider looking at what is it that my routine really looks like in the morning? What are the things that I really wanna kind of get into the habit of doing so that I can feel productive and feel ready to be able to start the day? And then you You also wanna have some sort of a sign-off routine. And this means that when you are done working, what is it that's gonna signal to your body and to your brain all right, I'm finished and I'm ready to relax. So for me, it's like cleaning off my desk, turning off my computers, turning the lights off, closing the door to the office, like all of those are little things, but it really does signal to my brain, I'm finished. I have completely
0: stopped working and now I'm ready to relax and spend time with my family. All right, so those are our best tips for creating a work-life balance, especially while working from home. So I'm going to quickly recap the tips. Tip number one was to stick to your work hours. This means you are only working during those contract hours. Tip number two was to establish a workspace. This is going to help your brain know when you're working and when you're not. Tip number three is to eat lunch away from your workspace. You don't want to feel like you're working all day, so you need to make sure you get away from that workspace when you can and eat your lunch elsewhere. Tip number four was to check emails in batches. You don't want to waste all of your time checking and responding to emails as soon as they come in. If you batch it, you're going to be more efficient. And then finally, tip number five was to develop a routine. This is going to, uh, again, allow you to be more efficient and also create that sense of normalcy while we are working from home.
1: So all of these five tips Although they're really simple tips, I think they they are really gonna make a huge impact on your efficiency, your productivity, and really being able to separate that work and that life balance and providing you that. So make sure that you're checking out our website to stay up to date on any new news that we're kind of launching out. I know that we have so many of you that are still waiting to hear about when we're gonna be doing our uh, top live PD. And those events, all of that's gonna be on our website so you guys can check that out there. Um, Also, while you're on our website, why don't you go ahead and leave us your TSH so that you can be featured on this podcast. So you can click on the uh, TSH button at the very top and then leave it for us. And hopefully you'll be featured right here on this podcast. And while you're listening to this podcast, don't forget to leave us a review on iTunes. It really does help us to be able to reach more teachers, to help more teachers out. And we would just Really, really love it. We like to hear from you guys. So until
0: next time. Be timely. Stay organized. And be productive. Bye-bye. See ya.